0: Thank you for listening above Ruby's podcast created by a mom for every mom and parents for that matter, embracing parenthood and sanity here to help you get by through weekly discussions on parenting, relationships, home, and faith as you juggle daily in life. All right, everyone, I am back with another episode. This time I am with Maria, who is a, a president and a CEO of Autism in Black, Inc. She's also the wife of Dr. Barry Pierre, my guest last week. Hi, Maria. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm Okay. <laughs> And as usual, good evening to you. Good morning to me.
1: Yes. <laughs> that time always is tricky to me.
0: Yeah, it is. Especially now that you're on daylight saving, So we are 13 hours ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. This episode it will more likely talk about autism as I know a few people who have kids with autism. But here in the Philippines, not a lot of people understand or know about this. So I thought this is the perfect time to provide more education or more information about autism, what it is and what to expect when your kids have autism. Now, in in a layman's term, what is autism, a spectrum disorder?
1: So autism is a neurological disorder or diagnosis. So it impacts the brain um, and Mm -hmm. how uh, we would see it, those who are not um, healthcare professionals, how you all would see it would be through sensory, like if your child reacted to certain clothes or certain food items and didn't mm-hmm. like how it felt. Um, there's mm-hmm. a, uh, another characterization called stimming. It's when they do something mm-hmm. repeatedly, like spin in circles. Um, there's also uh-huh. the language communication. So mm-hmm. there may be a speech delay, Mm -hmm. Um, comprehension, not quite understanding, um, you know, what you're trying to convey in a conversation, um, especially if they don't have an interest in it. Yeah. So there's uh, many things that would on a spectrum, so, for instance, with my daughter, um, mm-hmm. things that she may have, somebody else might not present with. So it just yeah. depends on that particular individual and what their characteristics of autism are. Mm-hmm.
0: And when did you realize um, your, your daughter, Maria, may have autism? What have you noticed that made you think that maybe it's about time to, to check whether or not she has autism?
1: Yeah, so at about um, six months, I noticed there were some sensory uh, Mm -hmm. characteristics with Malia, and they kind of clued me in like, okay, this may be autism. Um, But Dr. Barry was very adamant that I not diagnosed his his child. (laughs) So (laughs) I I left it alone. Um, But at 10 months, she actually regressed in her speech. So things that she Mm. was saying, like mama, dada, ball, all, you know, simple words that were Mm -hmm. developmentally where she should be, she actually forgot all of those things. And Mm when trying to get her to say them, It was if she just couldn't, and then I also Mm. thought she was deaf um, because loud noises would occur and she wouldn't have any reaction to reaction. Yeah, so that just let me know that you know, okay, we do need to 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 get her checked out.
0: Is that always how early a parent can determine that their kids may have autism, or that's not always the case?
1: So, um, healthcare professionals can catch it that early and diagnosis that early. But Uh usually parents are going to notice parents who don't have any kind of medical background, any mental health Mm -hmm. background, they're going to catch it you know, catch these characteristics around two or older, because that is the mm-hmm. stage where children have a burst developmental wise. So they're, yeah. you know, having strings of words that they're going to be saying. So you'll notice mm-hmm. if there's a delay in the speech at that time, right? Um, they're going to yeah. be doing things developmentally at that time. And that's why you're going to be like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, they're not hitting these milestones. So that's probably yeah. when a, a parent who didn't have um, a background would know
0: hmm. How many parents are like trying to deny that their kid may have autism? What do you think should they do if, in that case? Do we have any percentage of those who are in denial that their kids may have autism?
1: I don't have any exact percentages on, you know, uh, denial. Um, I, I think it, it, it just varies by the parent because um, mm-hmm. those statistics aren't necessarily things that medical professions are looking at. So they're more likely looking Mm at um, a gap in diagnosis, like or mm-hmm. how long does it take, you know, a child to get a diagnosis? But um, I think there is a large amount of a denial, especially in minority mm-hmm. communities, because we don't get mm-hmm. the information like other communities do. So other mm-hmm. communities will know what autism is and characteristics of autism and what to do if they mm-hmm. believe that their child is autistic. While mm-hmm. minority communities, and you know, specifically in, in the Black community that I deal with, Um, we don't get that information. Uh, Mm -hmm. We get the wrong information. So it Mm. seems quite scary to us when somebody will say autism because we don't have the right information. And that can lead to not wanting your child to get a formal diagnosis or get a diagnosis, which then leads Mm -hmm. to a gap in the services.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, speaking of that, what prompted you to start Autism in Black, which you, I think you've somehow answered already, but uh, walk us through that. <laughs> What's the birth of Autism in Black?
1: Autism in Black came about because it did take us a long time to get Malia's diagnosis. And uh-huh. I am a licensed therapist. I'm a clinician. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, I'm married to somebody who is a physician, and yes. it was us having education and resources. It still took a long time to get Malia yeah. her diagnosis. Um, yeah. So I was thinking about those in my community who don't have the education mm-hmm. and the resources, and how they go about getting the diagnosis. And then when we got her the diagnosis, we had a lot of healthcare professionals. Coming into our home and not mm-hmm. taking our culture into consideration. They were just yeah. trying to apply what they learn in their textbooks to mm-hmm. us without thinking about how our culture can impact their treatment planning. Mm -hmm. Um, And I saw that this was more of a norm. And then when you go on Mm -hmm. any autism sites, I don't see anybody that looks like me. I see Mm -hmm. um, mostly white people. And to me, I couldn't relate to that. So it made it seem Mm -hmm. as if autism was just for white people when we know it's not. Um, So I wanted more representation. So I created Autism in Black for Black parents Mm -hmm. who have a child diagnosed with autism.
0: Yeah, which is a really good channel for your followers because it's very helpful. I've learned a thing or two from there as well Uh, uh, while, you know, helping you with your podcast. If not for autism in black, I wouldn't have known that there are a few paperwork that need to be done and all that legal stuff. Mm -hmm. In the background, I'm not even sure how it works here in the Philippines, so... Mm -hmm. It, so that that's really good that, that, that you're, you're reaching out for your community
1: to learn more about it.
0: What do you think are the challenges of raising a child with autism?
1: I think for minorities, it's representation. So having mm-hmm. somebody understand our culture. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you know those living in the Philippines could understand that as well. Um, mm-hmm. That the access to to healthcare resources, having that access to certain things, we don't always have that. Um, there's certain mm-hmm. things in place that keep us from accessing resources. You know, there's mm-hmm. also a lot of evaluator biased. Um, because Mm -hmm. the healthcare system, mental health system in particular, is, you know, pretty whitewashed. So, you know, the DSM, which is the book that we use for diagnosis, um, it was created by white men on white men. And Mm -hmm. if you're not white, you're not you may not meet or uh, have the um, character characterizations of what they're saying in that book. So it's Mm going to look different um, for us. So that leads to a lot of misdiagnosis. Not mm-hmm. um, getting the right diagnosis, um, not getting any diagnosis. Uh, so yeah. there's so many things in play when it just comes to getting the diagnosis. Then we start talking about access to resources and access mm-hmm. to therapies and mm-hmm. and understanding, and that's even you know harder to think about.
0: Exactly. Now let's talk about Malia cuz I know she is uh, she plays tennis and is very good at that. Yes. In fact, so one time Dr. Barry said you were going somewhere and she was going to meet Serena.
1: <laughs> yeah, we went uh-huh. to um the US Open last August. Um, and oh, we got gosh. to see uh Serena. We didn't get to meet her, but we oh. did get to um to see her play and that was a, b- oh, wow. a big deal. Yeah.
0: I, I bet she had really great, a great time.
1: She did. She's very active <laughs> in sports and has a, a natural talent at it, um, which mm-hmm, she does not mm-hmm. get from either me or her father. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I noticed. Kids with autism, they really have this special gift that, that it's just amazing. Uh, aside from from her gift in tennis, what uh, a special gifts does she have?
1: You know, I think any child who is autistic, mm-hmm. whatever their interest is, is what mm-hmm. they're really going to put all their focus into. Um, so for Malia, that is sports. You know, She plays mm-hmm. tennis, she plays soccer, bowling, uh, basketball. Oh, so wow. She is quite active, but she uh-huh. enjoys those things. So she mm-hmm. puts a lot of effort into those things. Um, there are some kids who enjoy learning about Um, science, or, you know, (sighs) learning about math. Um, Leah loves science as well. She loves science experiments. So she loves doing those type of things. So whatever Mm. that interest is, they put a lot of focus into those Uh. things, because it's something that they're interested in.
0: Ah, that's awesome. So that that is why they become really great at it. So it's it's like an interest led then. Let's talk about the twins. (laughs) How older is Maria?
1: Um, eight. And then our twins, Davis and Brooklyn, are
0: five. Yeah. Do they realize that Malia has autism or do they have to uh, understand that an, uh, at an early age? If yes, how can the siblings uh, of kids with autism better understand them?
1: So I think for the twins, they don't quite notice mm-hmm. um, anything right now um, mm-hmm. although we are very vocal you know about autism in our household yeah. of course you know with me being the face of autism and black but I don't yes. think <laughs> um, they quite have an understanding yet of course mm-hmm. when they're older and they have questions or as you know if they have questions next week we'll have a sit down and have you know a talk with them on their level but as of right now they're they don't really they just you know that's my sister and that's I yeah, know, I know. Um, but for a lot of siblings, especially if it, if it's older siblings,
0: yes. um,
1: you know, they are, of course, you know, they're going to uh, because they're older, their comprehension level is, you know, they're going to understand and know. And parents have mm-hmm. to have conversations uh, mm-hmm. with their the siblings because a lot of times they're left out. And when you have a child Uh, with a disability, a lot of spotlight goes on to them. So your mm -hmm. child could be feeling left out. They could also be feeling like, you know, they need to be, you know, just as protective or they need to be in a parenting role. You know, there's Mm -hmm. so many avenues um, that a Mm -hmm. child can go on, you know, based on, you know, what's going on in their household. And I I think a lot of times it is a lot of of pressure put on them to, you know, Mm I have to make sure that, you know, I'm doing everything right because, you know, mom mm-hmm. and dad have to focus on my sibling and make sure everything is good with them. So I, the least I can do is not, mm-hmm. you know, put any added stress. And I think sometimes that, that just puts a lot of stress on the children and you know not want them to, to be children. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, th- it takes a lot to manage and balance having multiple children without disabilities. When you add mm-hmm. in disabilities, you know, it, it gets even harder. So, you know, parents have to give themselves some grace, um, but yeah. you know, also be able to have intentional time with each of their children. So the child who mm-hmm. is autistic and the child who is not autistic.
0: I agree. That is so true. Now, how challenging was it for you or did you have a hard time taking care of Malia or how did that look like for you and Dr.
1: Barry? So with Malia, no, we we didn't have a challenging time. Um, Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of parents where the frustration comes in is that uh, dealing with other things like dealing with schools, Mm -hmm. dealing Mm -hmm. with um, healthcare professionals, yeah, um, I mean, if your child does happen to have some maladaptive behaviors, um, then mm-hmm. of course, those things can be difficult. But Malia doesn't have any maladaptive behavior. So for mm. us, our frustration came with. Dealing with the schools and trying to make sure that, you know, she's getting a quality education or dealing yeah. with therapists who, you know, believe that she should have these interventions when it's like, no, we're telling you that that's not working. Mm-hmm. So just dealing with those avenues is what the frustration um, came in for us.
0: Uh-huh. That's a different kind of frustration yes, than in exactly. that case. <laughs>
1: I <laughs> yes, no wonder of why. That, that's one
0: of the <laughs> topics in your in one of your episodes.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, it's out of your control. You can't, you know, uh-huh. don't have much to that uh, you can control with it. And with the school yes. system, it gets very difficult here in the United States because they have a IEP plan that they have to go by and, you know, make these goals. And then sometimes they're just not good plans that they give the children. Mm-hmm. So it makes it more difficult to access a quality education.
0: Exactly. Now, if you were to give an advice to parents of kids with autism, uh, what would it be, especially those who uh, who just started to notice their kids may have autism?
1: It's give yourself some grace. You know, one mm-hmm. thing that parents do when they get that diagnosis is they go right to Google and they put autism ah. and you get so many hits. You get so many different opinions. And then you start to think. Am I doing it right? Am my parenting uh-huh. right? Am I, and you have to, you know, take some of the knowledge, but also trust your parenting gut, um, because mm-hmm. you know those experts aren't living with you in your house. Um, you know, true. therapists usually only see your child for a certain amount of hours a week, so mm-hmm. they're not getting everything that you're seeing. So you know, you have to understand that you are the expert with your child as well. Mm -hmm. And you have a say-so and you need to trust your parenting gut.
0: That's a good one. That's a good takeaway. Um, Because, you know, sometimes uh, you just think that when you are with a doctor or professional or someone who is trying to evaluate you, not only for autism, but especially uh, with with your kids, especially us who are in the non-medical field, we've Think that whatever they are telling us is, is what's, yeah. you know, you yeah. know, you know what, what I mean is what's correct and what's true. And yeah, that's that's a good.
1: yeah because they're not getting mm. the entire picture, um, which is mm. why we have a, a high rate of misdiagnosis within the black community when it comes to autism, um, because wow. they're they're looking at it from one way. So you have to, you know. Had it been for, you know, us listening to doctors, Malia would have got a diagnosis at a later time. You know, we had to advocate Mm -hmm. for her. So, you know, do what you have to do for your child and don't let anybody else try to make you feel bad or otherwise because of how you're parenting your child.
0: And it's always that it's always a case to case basis. how about friends who are like us of people with friends that are parents of kids with autism, how can we understand them or the family even even more? And how can we extend help without having to sound judgmental or having to like be judgmental to the family of kids uh, with autism?
1: You know, this is a a question that I love um, because (laughs) families, you know, and, and friends, they're, well-meaning, you know, so, you know, mm. they want to help. And a lot of times the first thing family members and friends do is they go to Google too. And then they want to, <laughs> you know, uh, educate you as the parent on what you should be doing. And a lot of times mm. that just adds extra stress mm, um, exactly. because it's so much information out there. Mm. So what I tell uh, family members and friends is that, you know, listen to the needs of, of your family member or friend, what they need you to do. um, That's who you should be for them. If they just need you there to vent and talk to, then that's, Mm -hmm. you know, the role that you should take. If you want to learn, um, Of course, there are books out there, but you can also Mm -hmm. ask questions. And if that family member wants to educate you, um, then they will. uh, But be careful Mm -hmm. about the knowledge that you are receiving um, from outsiders and then going to present that to that person and be like, well, this is Mm -hmm. what you should be doing. No, yeah. no, that's not what we want to do. We want to be a helpful resource, you know. So mm-hmm. be a, a good support system. And, you know, sometimes it, it does get uncomfortable in having conversations. So, you know, you say things when you start to get uncomfortable. Like, you know, if I, I say, Oh, you know, my child is autistic, a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm so sorry. There's oh, no- yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing to be sorry <laughs> yeah, about. You know, to- <laughs> this is not a terminal illness, I'm telling you yes. that, you know, she has. So there's nothing to be sorry about you don't need to feel sorry for us um so it's just things like that um that that can be stressful and hurtful
0: yes exactly and most of the time uh these these friends do not even or friends and family do not even mean that Mm -hmm. you know it's just that they they don't know i i guess we also do not just do not know how to react to it and And, uh, what what, the right words to say are. So it's very important to give out the right help
1: that that the family needs. Exactly. So, you know, (laughs) sometimes it's just, okay, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, do, can I do anything for you? Ah. You know, because a lot of times we it's hard for us to ask for help, especially when Mm -hmm. we're talking about our child who has a disability and we're working so hard to, you know, get them to make progress in certain areas and then have mm-hmm. somebody come in and mess that up, you know, it gets a little mm-hmm. difficult. Yeah. So we don't want to necessarily ask for help a lot of times, but sometimes it's just being there. Sometimes it's just bringing a meal. Sometimes it's just saying, hey, mm-hmm. you know, you want to take an, a nap for an hour I yes. watch your child, you know, things like that.
0: Wow, that's really good. If there's one takeaway I'm bringing with me, it would be, do you need any help? That's all, <laughs> that's that's all I should, should say. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I should say. Uh, I don't really have a family member yet, but I, I have a few friends mm-hmm. and uh, online that are parents of kids with autism. And I want to be very sensitive for them that whatever I say will not sound offensive. So no, that's, that's a really good advice right yeah. there.
1: Yeah, because it, you know, Many people get offended by different things. So something that Mm -hmm. would offend somebody else is like the term autistic versus person with autism. For me, Uh um, we use autistic Um, that may Uh offend somebody else, another parent, but it doesn't offend me. So, you know, just understanding what language they use and understanding, Mm -hmm. you know, where they're coming from so that um, you're not offensive to them personally, but knowing that it's different for everybody.
0: Yeah, exactly. And of course, congratulations to Autism in Black, black. Been <laughs> featured a few times already in, in yeah. What is the goal for Autism in Black?
1: You know, we're trying to be worldwide with with our uh-huh. advocacy and empowerment. Um for Black families, because it's mm-hmm. just the information is, is scarce out there for us, the representation is scarce out there for us. Um, so that's what we're trying to do: go global with the mission of, you know, spreading awareness, acceptance, empowering parents um, to be able to get rid of the shame associated, you know, with having a child with disabilities, as well mm-hmm. as training, you know, organizations to be mm-hmm. more culturally responsive when it comes to the Black disability community.
0: That's awesome. Most of my listeners are Filipinos. If they want to learn more about autism in black or follow you, how can they do that?
1: So my website is autisminblack.org. dot um, org, and on Facebook I'm autism in B L K, and on Instagram I'm autism in B L A C K.
0: And I'll also send in your links in the show notes, so they should have that available if they want to learn more about you and Dr. Barry as well. Thank you so much for your time today, Maria. Thank
1: you for
0: having me. I really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Sign up to my newsletter so you're notified of my next podcast at www.abovepreciousrubies.com or follow me via Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Today's Bible reading is from Psalm chapter 127, verses 3-5. to Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate."